0: Gentlemen, it's time
1: for the action in the main
0: attraction here on the Sweet Science
2: Class.
3: What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining today's episode. And we haven't done an episode in the last few weeks, so we're going to recap the last two, two and a half weeks or so. And in the last few weeks, we've seen a less-than-stellar Triple G take on a very game Sergei Darabianchenko. Dmitry Bivol looked pretty good, but yet again, go the distance for another decision victory. Last night's better-be-Vozdick epic war and what is the common denominator for all of these fights and all of these fighters? Canelo Alvarez. We'll get into all that, how it all ties in, also discuss on U6 heavyweight debut, and then at the end we'll get into all of the fights we're looking forward to next week. So let me bring in the guys, I got the whole crew with me today. What's up Felix?
0: What's going on Sweet Science class? Been a little, I feel like I've been. we've been saying this every few weeks, I know I missed a couple weeks here and there, but... We're here. We got a lot of fights coming in the next two, three months, so get used to it.
1: We're going to be here. What's up, Jakeem? Yo, what's up, everybody? Um, Man, we got a lot to talk about today, so I'm ready.
3: And what's up, Landon?
2: Yeah, what's up, Sweet Science class? And a whole lot going on in the world of boxing. Let's get to it.
3: Okay, and before we get into any of the stuff we have to talk about, this will probably be the most important thing on today's episode. We have to pause for a minute and just say rest in peace to Patrick Day. We lost yet another warrior this year. 2019 has been phenomenal for fights, but tragic for deaths. We've seen several deaths this year. And Patrick Day, from what we've seen and what we've heard from all the other guys who knew him, he seemed like a wonderful person. A week ago today, he suffered a knockout loss, I believe, in the ninth or 10th round hit the back of his head on the canvas after taking some big shots, got carried off on a stretcher, fought and fought in the hospital for several days, and I believe it was Wednesday afternoon, early evening. He finally lost the battle, and so we just want to say rest in peace, Patrick Day. Fellas, I mean, y'all just want to get y'all RIPs in.
0: Yeah, man, you know, it's been a great 2019 for boxing, but I feel like every... Seems like every two months, man, we're having to report this type of stuff, and this is the this is the stuff that makes it hard, man. You know, it's like I love the sport and I defend the sport, but when it comes to stuff like this, man, it just it's real life, man. And and boxing needs to take the proper measurement, you know, proper measures to to fix all this, man. And and from what I'm hearing, it's not really the blows, it's not really the punches that these guys taking. It has a lot to do with the weight cutting and and training camps and sparring. So, you know, hopefully these guys' deaths won't be in vain. Hopefully, you know, these guys' deaths can be used as as learning opportunities and, and things to better the sport, man. I mean, we got to do something.
1: Yeah, you're right, Felix. Uh, I feel like something has to change. And I, I was watching that fight live, and it was a scary situation, especially when his head bounced uh, off the mat. And, you know, the camera got close on him, and I, I knew it was a bad situation. So just R.I.P. to Pat Day and my condolences to his friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything the guys have said so far.
2: Something has to be done with keeping our guys safer. And, I mean, this kid was 27 years old, college grad, everything in the world to live for, Box because he loved the sport. I mean, if you ever hear him talk, you'd want to have a beer with the guy. I mean, just rest in peace. And like Jakeem said, condolences to his family.
3: On a somewhat positive note, trying to find a silver lining in this situation. I don't even know if the guys are aware of this. I just read this, and I just posted this on our page moments before we started this podcast. We actually hadn't discussed this, so this might be news to y'all. I just read 15, 20 minutes ago that Jermel Charlo is going to pay for the entire funeral. I'm almost tearing up saying it. That's amazing. There's really nothing else to say about that. I've even been a little bit critical of Jermil through his career here and there, but nothing bad to say. That is amazing. That's one of the greatest things I've ever heard, and his family does not have to drop a penny on the funeral. Very big thanks to Jermil Charlo on that situation. Okay, so let's move on to somewhat happier things. For the next three topics, we're going to kind of go PTI-style. We're going to go around the circle in different orders each time, and the guys are going to get 90 seconds each to give as many thoughts and opinions as they can on each of these topics. First topic, I'm going to start with Jakeem, then we'll go to Felix, then we'll go to Landon. I'm starting with Jakeem purposely on this topic (laughs) because I know he's going to have fun. Triple G, Derevyanchenko, what are your thoughts on that fight? how Triple G looked, was it sickness, was it age, was it the wars, was it a mixture, where does he go from here, everything you can cram in in 90 seconds, Goji King.
1: Alright man, it seems like that fight was like a month ago, like we had so much action, but you know, we all seen the fight, and my score, I had it 114 to 113 for, <laughs> for Justin Achenko, the judges, the judges had it a lot closer than uh, it should have been, I don't have a problem with, I didn't have a problem with Triple G winning the fight, but I feel like it should have been a lot closer. I don't know. I don't know what it is with Triple G, if it's his age or is it his step up in competition. And other people have, have said this before, and I've said it before. Like, we've seen Triple G get touched when he moved up in level of opposition. And now that he's older, he's starting to get worked up a little more. And people can blame it on age, or you can say he was sick. But I don't know, man. I've I've been seeing this with Triple G ever since the Kell Brook fight. And, yeah, he did stop Kell Brook, but he took a lot of punches that, you know, we never seen him take before. And I feel like the problem with with Triple G is, even when he was younger, he don't move his head, and he throws a lot of single punches. And when you start fighting elite fighters, you know, your flaws are going to start to show more. So I just want to see, like, where he goes from here, because he barely got by. They should do a rematch.
3: Right at your 90 second mark. Go, Felix.
0: Triple G has been looking a little older. I guess his last, I mean, you really can't say he's been looking older his last couple fights. I mean, just his last fight. And what they're saying is that he was sick and he was uh, battling a, what was it, a flu or something, a cold all week or something like that. And Jakeem is right, though. When he has stepped up in competition, he has been getting touched. One fight that comes to mind was when he fought uh, Willie Monroe and when he fought Kell Brook, smaller guys that were actually touching him. And it made you wonder, like, if these guys were a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, you know, natural middleweights, could they have beaten Triple G that night? And to be honest, man, I i think they wouldn't, but seeing that Canelo had success backing him down on the second fight, even though I had Triple G winning, it, it was a red flag. Because I thought, man, okay, if Triple G has somebody coming forward at him and and he's not being able to fight backwards and not able to push the dude, other dude back, so there's not there's something wrong with that. And I think a lot of it is age. I think, I'm not going to say he's exposed because of level of competition because in his prime, we don't know, man. I mean, everybody was dunking him. So that's kind of one of those things that I, I'm not going to say... Oh, it's because of level competition. I think it's more age than anything. I know I've watched, like, Max Kellerman, who's a big Triple G fan during his seconds. time and, and all that. But I don't know, man. I, I think it's more age than anything. I, I think it's just wear and tear, man. And he's always been kind of a one-trick pony. And that's. I think
2: that's just all coming in full circle. Landon? Yeah, I think it was a combination of being sick, getting old a little bit overnight. I mean, Dustin, you and I were watching it, and... We both said it almost at the same time. He looks sick. Looks like something's wrong with him. So, I mean, really, I think that Derevyanchenko won that fight. I actually scored it for Derevyanchenko. And, in my opinion, that's really the only fight that he's lost. I thought he beat Canelo those two times they fought. So, I mean, big ups to Sergey on this. But I think he's fighting an older, out of his prime, Triple G. I think we've seen the best of Triple G. I think we're on the downhill slide and... I don't see it getting better i don't see the power remaining i mean anybody who thinks that he's going to go out there and demolish people like he did gregor's Prosta is fucking crazy he's getting older the power is going to start dwindling and really i'm thinking two to four more fights and then after that we will have seen the last of triple g
3: and my quick thoughts on this i mean what landon said We were actually pointing that out during the ring walk. We started messaging each other, and I was like, what's up with his face? And Landon was like, I agree. He looks sick or something. And then I heard uh, the other day I was listening to the Chris Mannix podcast, and Sergio Mora was saying even at the fight, the uh, pre-fight meeting a couple days before the fight, Triple G looked very pale, and they said that he wasn't being his normal, joking, laughing self. So I do think he was very sick, but I also think he's getting old. And I think the Canelo Wars may, you know, maybe taking their toll. And I also think Sergey came to fight. I think he mixed all that in, and it's a really, really bad cocktail of disaster. And I posted that night on Facebook. This could be the end of an era, and I think we really are seeing the end of the best Triple G days. Which is unfortunate, but that is life. That is how sports go. You see someone look amazing, then you see them not. As a Peyton Manning fanatic. I mean, I saw it, and it, was, it can be rough, but such is life. Next topic, Dimitri Bival wins yet another whitewash, clear, obvious, unanimous decision, but not a ton of excitement and no knockout. There was a knockdown, but no knockout. So, guys, what are your thoughts on his whole situation, that fight, what's going on with his knockout power, and where he goes from here? We'll start this one with Felix, 90 seconds.
0: <laughs> nah, I was like, <laughs> nah, hey, I like b I'm just giving Dustin a hard time, man. I like b I like b a lot, and I even told Dustin, I think he might be the best fighter in boxing with fighting from the outside, but I watch boxing also for entertainment, and he doesn't entertain me, and it's no knock against his skills, it's no knock against, he's even, ha- He's his last couple fights have been low-level competition, but I'm not gonna say he's only fought low level because he's knocked out a couple big names you know bigger names but there's just something missing like i don't doesn't have that other gear you know what i mean and i don't know if it's because he's fighting at 175 and maybe he doesn't want to risk it because he doesn't really look like a natural 175 fighter to me he looks more like he should be at 168 and maybe at 168 maybe he could knock these guys out and, and put them out but i feel like 175 man it's just like He's in cruise control for 12 rounds, giving you the same thing, same thing. Even when he has the guy hurt, he's still in cruise control. And I just, I want to see an extra gear. I want to see that, that see if he has that killer instinct. Because when it's all said and done, I like to be entertained. And for him to get the bigger fights, he has to be entertaining. You know what I mean? Like, if he wants to Canelo fight, and Canelo's already stated that he don't want to fight Andre because Andre is boring. So, I mean, that, that gives B-ball no shot, really. So, I think that I think everybody wants that it's kind of like when everybody's calling out Mayweather Canelo's that dude now. So you got to kind
2: of put yourself in position
0: to get that big fight. And I don't think he's doing that.
2: Landon, I like Dimitri Bivol, and I think he moves around the ring like a general. He's a boss in the ring. And really, I mean, he can be boring all you want. I mean, people call Floyd boring for years and look at him now. He's flexing on Instagram every fucking day with Bugatti's bitches and strip clubs That's his thing, and part of that that makes him exciting is his personality, but a lot of people don't even like to really watch Floyd Mayweather fight. They don't like his style. In America, we're going to naturally gravitate towards those people that we can understand, and whenever he is talking in broken English, he's not a household name, he's not involved in pop culture like Floyd was. I mean, a lot of people just aren't going to come his way, and technicians are all over the sport of boxing, and if he holds his belt by way of being a technical boxer and doesn't want to kick it into that next gear, then fuck it. If he doesn't have to, then why do it? If he's comfortable winning fights the way he's winning them, it's a sport. And he's undefeated. So quite obviously, he's doing a great job. So damn what the people think. Damn what Canelo thinks in this fashion. He stays undefeated.
1: He stays undefeated. She came. All right. You know, you know I poke fun at y'all. We, you know, inside jokes that he's born or whatever. But honestly, I did fall asleep during his match, during his ring walk. But I did catch it, and uh, the next day. So <laughs> my my issue with Baval is, yeah, you you are ranked maybe one or two now in the light like, heavyweight division, but that division really has no depth to it. If you're fighting a guy that's ranked 104 in the world, you gotta knock him out. He, he got to start knocking guys out. And I've told you, I, f- I feel like he belongs at 168. I feel like he could be dominant, like get the KOs and everything he needs. But if you have a title defense that's basically a showcase with a dude that's not even on your level, maybe C-level, and you're, you know, A, B-level fighter, you got to knock dudes out. That's my only knock against him. And, yeah, you know, his, his style is boring, kind of boring to us. But he, he's a great fighter. Like y'all said, he's a technician. And everything, But, you know, I think there's a difference between him and Floyd. Floyd had the the whole persona, the whole, you know, the whole shebang, the ego, everything. And Bavol is just Bavol. He goes in there, 12 rounds, cruise control, boom, 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 technician. And, he, you know, he, he gets the guy out the way. But if you're fighting guys that are, you know, not even ranked top 50, you got to knock them out. And, yeah, 10-10. if he wants that Canelo fight, you're going to have to do some more, man.
3: And, I mean... They all poke fun at me, listeners out there, because I like Beaver. That's your boy. He, he's not my favorite fighter, and admittedly, I said this on a podcast episode one year ago. It's it's documented. You can go back and listen to it. It was like episode five, titled "Wilder Fury." I even said, "I I think the HBO kind of sold this incorrectly. They made him seem like a heavy-handed Kovalev guy, which isn't true." And I even admitted on that podcast one year ago that I tend to daze out and doze off during his fights. But it's almost, I mean, I agree. It's almost like a Floyd, more so to me, and I said it a year ago. It reminds me of Erislandi Lara. Lara is so good. And I saw Lara live in New York fight uh, Gachet. Everyone was booing like crazy and leaving every round. Every round, more people and more people kept leaving. Lara is so good. And so much better than his opponents that it becomes boring. And I really feel like that's almost the problem with b He's very, very good. Very, very technical. Very, very talented. But like Felix said, he doesn't really kick it into another gear. He doesn't really go for the knockout. He's comfortable doing what he does. And it can be a little boring. I admit that. And he should have knocked Castillo out. But I think he beats anybody in the 175 division except for maybe better Beev. But that's a topic for another day and the final one Usyk's heavyweight debut how did he look that night and where do we see him going from here against these gigantic monsters in the 200 plus range we'll start this one with Landon 90 seconds
2: all right I'm super high on Usyk I I really like his personality he brings a flair to the fight he moves like Lomachenko in a heavyweight body and yeah, I mean, it might not have been the spectacular knockout that you all were looking for, but you got to look at it. He bucked up his shoulder, and then his opponent that he was supposed to face pissed dirty. And then you pull some guy off the couch whose most notable fight was against Seth Mitchell in like 2012 or 2013. So he didn't really have a chance to get to know what Chaz Witherspoon was even going to bring to the table. He wasn't familiar with somebody who was going to be his style. So really, Usyk went out there and did what he had to. He still won. He made the guy quit in the corner. And I mean, this guy doesn't know how to lose. He was undisputed at cruiserweight, gold medalist. He brings everything to the table. And I really think that a lot of people are sleeping on him saying that he's not going to be able to move forward and face the likes of Wilder, Fury, Ruiz, Joshua. I mean, I think he can beat a handful of them, especially Joshua and Ruiz. Now, with the big giants that are coming with the power, and, and you got Fury, who's just a fucking giant that moves in a whole different category of his own, that's going to be a little bit more tough for him because of the height, and then, of course, the explosive power that Wilder connects with. But I really think he's going to go far. I mean, undisputed? Probably not. But will he Ten pick seconds. up a belt or two on his way? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I'm one of the guys I was really uh, high on Usyk. For the past couple of years, I had him ranked in my, my top 10 pound for pound. But I have to say, man, I don't think it, 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 he's going to be a Holyfield. Like, I don't see him moving up from cruiserweight and just coming to heavyweight, you know, making noise. Chas Witherspoon, he was a, a, a late rep- replacement, and Usyk didn't even really hurt him. I didn't even hurt him. I think the stoppage was more of a – Witherspoon, he was tired. And, yeah, he, he, was, he, he got wore down over the rounds, but – you never see like a one punch shot that hurt him from from Usyk, so I mean, Andy, you you really see him beating the AJ? Like I don't I don't know I don't see I don't think Usyk carried that power into heavyweight. I really like him. I hope he does well. Uh, I really would have liked to see him against his original opponent. It was I think it was supposed to be Chisora. To like come. that would have been a better who Takam. come attack him. Yeah, that's what it was supposed to be against. I would I would have loved to see that, you know, that would have been a, a better, you know, I would have had a better idea to see like where he is on the on the heavyweight scale. But him finding a dude that that got the last, you know, call sitting on the couch, or, you know, it wasn't. I don't think it really did anything for him. I feel seconds. like he needs. I feel like he needs one more fight before I can really, you know, rate him on a heavyweight scale.
3: Felix.
0: All right. All right. First of all, let me put a little disclaimer before I go in. Okay. I had Usyk number four pound for pound in the world before he moved up to heavyweight. So that shows you I think very high of him. He comes from that, you know, from that lineage of the Lomachenkos and all that, those guys out there. And he's kind of like a bigger version with the footwork and everything like that. And he dominated the Cruiserweight division. But, yeah, I was going to say this. I think we're going to do, like, a a bold prediction uh, come New Year and all that. So, I was going to save one of these for then. But if we're talking about it, I might as well say it now. You think he's not going to win a heavyweight title unless it's a vacant WBO title. That's the only way he's going to win a heavyweight championship, is if one of these – Ruiz gets the WBO title, vacates it, and they match him up against a favorable matchup against, you know, someone who's who's a Mando, too, or – yeah, I mean that's that's really the only way I see it because if one of these guys are holding the W, because he's a mandatory for the WBO because that's the rule. If you're in the you know in a lower division and you are the number, you know the champion at WBO, when you move up, you are the, the number one contender. So I just don't, and it, it really has nothing to do with what he can dish out. I'm just trying to see what he can take because Witherspoon only landed, I think they said 21 total shots the whole fight. 10 seconds. And and Yusik looked like he got hit a lot more than 21 times. So I'm like, if you have a live body in there that can go 12 rounds, because like Jakeem said, I mean, it was a conditioning factor. He was never hurt. So that's my only thing. Can he take the body of a heavyweight, and not just punches, being clinched, being grabbed, being, you know, put bullied around? Like, how's he going to take that? His, can his footwork get him out of those situations? I don't know.
3: And my thoughts, uh, I also had him number four pound for pound when he was undisputed cruiserweight. As people probably know, and I talk about it a lot, I, I don't put heavyweights in my pound for pound. So because of this fight, he's removed from my list. I thought he, you know, did well with the situation he had. I was, I thought he did good. And I was fairly impressed, but I wasn't blown away. I agree that I never saw a shot that hurt Chaz. I think he did stop because of exhaustion. He basically said that, like, I'm I'm tired. I can't keep going. And, yeah, his face was pretty marked up, and Chaz isn't the biggest puncher. I feel like if he gets in there with a monster with some power, it it could get bad. And it's kind of like what one of these guys said. It's not so much what I'm – I'm not so much concerned with what he can do. It's what he can take. And just seeing his face and just a couple of those Chaz rights backed him up a couple times. And Chaz is not a big big puncher. So I think you get in there with a Wilder or a Joshua. Yeah, you may box him up for a couple rounds. But when that punch lands, I don't know what's going to happen. And I, I just don't know. I think he could probably beat Ruiz because their size kind of matches up height-wise a little better. But I just don't think I see him beating Fury, Wilder, or Joshua. Okay, so now we will move on to open discussion, and we're just going to kind of quickly tie all of this in together. How does Canelo do against the Triple G we saw two weeks ago or the BVOL that we saw last week or the better BV that we saw last night if he even can make it past Kovalev in two weeks? Because all, all these guys want Canelo, and they're all hovering in the same weight range. I'll, I'll kick it to you, Felix, but this is pretty open discussion for a couple minutes. What do you see if, if Canelo was to fight any of these guys? Who can he beat? Who can he not beat?
0: Well, Canelo, he, he's, that, he's that new, uh, that lotto ticket. Everybody's calling him out, man. I Even the guys that probably don't even think they can beat him, are <laughs> probably calling them out because it's like, hey, I'll take that L. You know what I mean? That's what they were doing with Floyd, and I'll bring that up again. So the Triple G, I'll start with Triple G. The Triple G we saw this past not this past weekend, but a couple weeks ago, probably would get stopped by Canelo. And that says a lot because I'm I'm am I'm a big I'm big when I say that Canelo's power hasn't translated to one hundred and sixty. And he hasn't he hasn't knocked anybody out. I mean he fought Chavez, couldn't even stop him, and he was just a human punching bag. He didn't stop Cotto. Kodo. Kodo was a taller guy. He landed a lot of big shots in that fight. But I feel like with Triple G, you know, just the whole work, the way Triple G looked, the conditioning, I, he could probably get stopped, man, just because of the way it looks. It's not because Triple G would be hurt or anything like that, but if you're a referee and you're seeing this this onslaught of, of Canelo just landing so many punches, you got to stop the fight, especially with the climate of what's going on in boxing. So that that particular fight, I think that Triple G gets stopped by Canelo. As far as these other guys you're naming, these hundred and seventy-five, you know, uh Peter B, I don't know, man. I, I don't think Canelo can I I don't think he's gonna jump into that. That's too risky. That is way too risky. That's a dog right there. And biva is a technician who can fight on the outside. I'd probably stay away from that too. Just the fact that it's not even gonna it's not even a name for him to, to bring in the ring. He needs he needs somebody with some clout. Because those guys are probably in a – they don't have the legacy of, of Kovalev, but they're better than Kovalev right now. But Kovalev has the bigger name, has more of accomplishments. so that's a fight that makes sense for Canelo. I think, like Bob Aram always says, man, Canelo holds the cards. Canelo's going to pick and choose who he wants to fight, and he has the right to do that. And I think right now it's going to be Kovalev. I think after that, it's going to be up in the air, man. Maybe it'll be Andre, maybe – uh. Maybe a Charlo brother. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, we gotta see because I, I think, I think, I think the tickets out. They haven't scratched their ticket. That's what it is. Everybody has that lot of ticket, but they haven't scratched it. And I think when they when they have a fight, their performance would dictate if they can get a Canelo fight. Because let's face it, man. The zone is not trying to just put anybody in there, man. They're trying to put them in there with some guys that people know. And Kovalev is a guy that we know. A casual fan kind of knows who they, they probably heard a couple of couple before so yeah it's got a and who are the other names you named
3: oh i know man, really better be even b-ball,
0: b-ball yeah I, I stay away from them i would definitely say and ball for a different reason but bitter beef nah man that might not end too good canelo leave it alone right now that guy's he's a dog he's 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 hungry
1: Man, all I got to say is Canelo's the man right now. Everybody calling him out. He's Floyd Mayweather, what, six, seven years ago? Everybody wants a piece of him. The thing is, I I never respected bigger fighters calling out smaller guys. And I know that Canelo's going up to the weight class, but this is more about it's a money thing because I've heard that they kind of was forced to to make this match happen with the zone, And, you know, it's not pay-per-view. It's more to get subscribers up and stuff like that because they're, they're paying a lot of fighters. So, I mean, Kovalev is the, is the easier target at, at 175. And plus, you know, it makes Canelo look, look good on his legacy going up another weight class and grabbing a belt. So, I, I really don't want to see him fight any uh Boval or Benavid. Like, he doesn't... I don't feel like he needs to. I mean, there are bigger guys, taller, reach, longer reach. I don't... I don't want to see him fight any of those guys. I want to see him clean out 160 first. So, that's how I feel about that, man. Like, but everybody's going to continue calling him out. I understand. He's the hottest name. He's probably the biggest boxer right now. But, hey, like Felix said, man, y'all have to wait y'all turn. Whether y'all take it to come up, name it, to come up or whatever. But, yeah, I don't want to see him fight no light heavyweight. Other than, I don't even agree with the Kovalev fight. I don't, I don't want to see him. I feel like he can't beat. Covet level, but I don't want to see it. I'm gonna take it to a new level. I say Canelo
2: beats everybody that we've been talking about, with the exception of Dmitry Bivol. I think you with think follow be course, yeah, I'll go with it. I'm no, telling you. I mean, the, what's up? That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, B-ball is that dude, huh? I think so, man. I really do. Think he bore him to death. <laughs> hey man, if that's what you want to call it, I mean, I call it boxing. It's technical boxing, and I'm telling you, that is the guy that would be ruling the roost and all this shit. But if you, you can, want
1: to talk about what's up, no, no, you say technical. But i like, Bivol is a great fighter. You could be technical and go to distance with fighter, but other A-list fighters or A-level fighters, you know what I'm saying? Like Bivol is great, but He's gonna have to. I don't. Nah. I don't even know if he even beats. Canelo. I don't want to see him fight him. He probably will beat him, but I don't think he beats better. Better be, If anybody can beat Canelo, it's probably better beef. I feel like he can because he's bigger, stronger. He can take. Man, when he was taking Vasquez punches like water. Like he was just yeah. taking him from. Yeah. that's at one
2: seventy five. Canelo ain't gonna hurt him. E- exactly. But beef, man. Y'all, y'all really high on beef, hmm. I'm super high on beef, I mean, but I really think if Canelo adjusts to the weight, adjusts to the power, and if he brings the power that he has to the next level, hell yeah. That skill is going to yeah. pose the shit out of Better BS. You know
0: what I had said about B-ball? <laughs> b is like, like if a dude was on a fast break and had a 40, like a 48-inch vertical and jumped in the air and did a 360 between the legs, and he did a fucking layup. <laughs> That's
2: <be fun. laughs> the Yep. <laughs> no, nah, I feel that. Nah, I mean, I just I I'm like him. he's got it, man. All. He's
0: got it all. He's got it on it's just like you're waiting and you're waiting. You're like, Come on
2: man, I know you got it. You got it there. I mean just take him out. But what happens when he does take it to that level that you want to see him take it to? I mean, just because he hasn't done what you want to see him do doesn't mean that he doesn't possess that in himself. Maybe he hasn't been pushed to
3: that point. I mean yet. he did stop Sullivan Barrera in the twelfth. He did whitewash hey, John Pascal, who just took out Marcus Brown. He did whitewash Joe Smith, who took out an old B-hop.
1: He beat but, him. He didn't take him out. He beat him. He went to a round. I didn't say I he took
3: him out. Saying. I said he whitewashed him.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah he's, he he's has he has
0: all the tools. He, got to the, he has the vertical leap. He can go between the legs. And, you know what
2: I mean? It's just... Oh man! I but don't see, know. that's the thing—is like he doesn't have to impress the fans. Like this is one of those Russian kids who tune... is in there to well, box, and he wants yeah, but... to box your fucking ears off. And if he beats you on the scorecards, he beats you on the scorecards. That's all there is to it. You can want to knock out all you want, but if the kid is just that good, then the kid is just that good. Yeah, but I don't know, man. For me to be a fan,
0: I got to see intangibles. It's not just about your boxing skills. I I got to see intangibles, and I don't I don't see it. I mean, it's not that I don't see it. it; it hasn't been, it hasn't been exposed yet. And maybe a to B can bring that out of him. And I even yeah. said that, like, man, I would like to see him against that because I think he can bring that out of him if he if he has it. He's gonna bring it that fight. And that, he kind of does have to impress us, man, because we're the paying fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> box, the athletes ain't shit without us.
2: So. Of course. Yeah. But still at the end of the day, this is how he fights. And if he wins when he fights, people still gonna put him in the ring. People still And I like how y'all brought up Floyd. Y'all brought
0: up, y'all brought up Floyd, but man, Floyd when Floyd was that age, Floyd was you know, when Floyd was young in and, and his prime and he was he was a killer. He wasn't just just born, you know, that that was later on. That was money
3: made. But he was also in the weight class he probably belonged in. You even said yourself, Bevol looks like a one sixty eight who Kind yeah. of fighting in a weight class he, he might not belong in, and he's still dominating these guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's a difference between dominating C-level guys and going to distance with, you know, a, if he was to go to distance with a better B, then I'd be totally fine with that. Because that's A-level and A-level, we know knockouts are not going to happen. But when you're going against a dude that's ranked 104, my God, you're going 12 rounds? Yeah, come on. Yeah. You you knocked, you knocked Charlo. You knocked Charlo for going 12 rounds with Adams, who was ranked in the
3: top 20. The thing is, I, I've said a couple things about Charlo. You're, you're getting real sensitive. Like, I just, you killed Charlo. I didn't say all that much. You're acting like I just have a thing on my wall, and I was just crossing X's all over Charlo's face. I didn't go that hard on the man. A big part of it was I lost a lot of money that night because I put him in a bunch of knockout parlays, and he ruined my shit. Yeah.
1: Maybe that's what it
3: was then. That's probably personally. I mean, it's, I took it a little personal because I told everybody, yeah, he's gonna. It's a stupid fight. He's gonna blow him out in six or less, and I lost a grip of money going into the B-ball fight. I expect a decision. So that's the difference. And Beavle, not his fault with the language thing. He's not too talkative. He ain't saying a lot. Charlos are lions only. This and that. We the men. We knock people out. So when you don't knock out a Brandon Adams, yeah, I'm gonna be a little bit more harsh than a little quiet Beavle. That's the difference,
1: Jakeem. Well, I'm going to let it slide because he was ranked top 20 and now ranked 104.
3: And I said, Bival should have knocked out Castillo. I agree. And to wrap all this up, yes, he should have knocked him out. Bival puts me to sleep too. But as (laughs) far as technical talent, I think he beats almost everybody at 168 or 175. And until I see him lose and I'm proven wrong... I'm probably not going to think otherwise, except maybe better beef. That's the fight. But like Felix said, if anyone's going to bring the dog out, that's the fight. And that's the one I really want to see. Now, bring it back to Canelo. I don't think Canelo beats better beef or beef all. Yeah, he knocks out Triple G in the, in the trilogy. But I'm not going to baby Canelo like Jakeem is saying these big guys calling him out. You want to be a big boy and dip your toe in the 168 waters and then dip your toe in the 175 waters you're fair game, Bubba. Anybody yeah. can call you out. Anybody can call you <laughs> yeah. out because you wandered into their jungle.
0: And he has he's gonna have a belt.
3: Well he's can't kind of a got belt. a little pawn shop trinket belt at 168, too. Exactly. See? You can't dip up, your toe uh, into okay. a water and then when a shark comes up to bite that toe say, like, Oh no 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 no, I don't belong here. You put your toe in, dog. Hell I'm
0: yeah. going to be a hypocrite, though, because I, I know I, I'm big on Andre, too. And Andre hasn't been, you know, his last few fights kind of been on cruise control. So You are a hypocrite,
3: me... Felix, because Andre is just like Bevall, <laughs> And you always say the same shit. You are a
0: hypocrite. Hey, I'm admitting it, though. The difference is, though,
3: I, I feel like... You feel like Andre hasn't shown, he hasn't been brought out. But we just said that about yeah. Bevall.
1: It's the same thing. Yeah, They're both in the thing. same boat to me. Yeah.
3: And I can feel that. They're both in the same boat. But I think both of them are damn good. And I have always said someone boring like that is who's going to yeah, beat you know, Canelo.
0: This is the personality. You know. you know, I talked about intangibles. Andre is letting me know he can do it. You know what I mean? Like, And I buy into that bullshit.
3: Which kind of goes with what Landon was saying. It's kind of the downfall and fortunate thing. b not great at English. He's not very talkative. He's not like a Charlo. Lines only this and that. He just gets in there, silent, does what he does, and he gets out the ring. That
0: motherfucker needs to go on the microphone and be like, motherfucker, I want Canelo, you a... <laughs> you,
2: know,
3: some shit, you
2: know, If he dies, he dies. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> okay, I feel like we're, we could put a button on that. Let's break down last night's fight before we get into next week's fight. We'll start with you, Landon. Vosdick, better be. What did you see? Hey man, Betterbeef was walking through everything
2: that Vazik was throwing at him. I mean, he was a machine last night. And towards the beginning of the fight, I almost wanted to change my pick to Vazik because something was telling me, like, oh, you know, Artur is gonna go out there and throw himself out, punch himself out, and you know, he's gonna Vazik's gonna take him into the, the late rounds and drown his ass. But shit, I'm happy I kept with my pick because uh, man, he walked through everything. He was throwing bombs, and ultimately, he just made him retire. I mean, fell down, reps seen enough, was done. I mean, just outclassed him at that point. Vazic was coming into the fight with that slick-ass attitude, like, oh, it's going to be a good fight. Nope.
1: Shit, you got your ass messed up. And really, that's all I got to say about that. And I was I was going with Vazic. Uh, the obvious choice I was going with Vazic because, you know, he's a lineal champ. He beat Adonis Stevenson. And I've seen more of him. I haven't seen a lot of, of Better But, man, Better he made me a fan last night. He did really good. He can take punches. If you look at the fight, like, Better V punches was doing more damage. Like, he, you can tell that lazar was, was bothered. And Liza, he, he got tired. I don't know. He, he didn't he didn't look normal. Well, to me, I've, only, I've seen a couple fights of him. But he didn't look like his normal self. But Better really broke him down. And... Hey man, I think I think Betariv is the is the man at 175 right now. Like I said, it's, it's not a real weight weight class with a lot of depth, but he's the number one guy. So hopefully we see Betterviv and Bivol the next unification fight because that needs to happen ASAP.
0: I didn't get to watch it, but I have it on. I have it recorded, so y'all will get my my thoughts. But I will say this: I heard it was an exciting fight. Betevie, man, I I really do hope he fights Bivol. But if he doesn't fight B ball, who, who do we expect him to? Who who else is in the mix? I mean.
3: Sadly, there's nobody unless Kovalev beats Canelo.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I feel like Canelo's going to hold all this, these weight divisions hostage, man. He will. Damn. This kind of feels like my boy Cotto.
2: <laughs> <laughs> kind of,
3: yeah.
0: But no, other than that, man, I, I just want to see. I, I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of people are going to avoid him. I feel like it might be another. Triple G type thing. He's just a very, very aggressive fighter. He can, he can take a punch. He keeps coming forward. I don't see, I mean, the B-ball, you know, all the mandatories will fight him stuff like that, but I don't see anybody like Canelo or maybe even Kovalov or all these guys just being like, hey, I'll, I'll volunteer to fight this guy. I don't I don't see that happening.
3: No, I really don't either, and I learned something last night. Bitterbeef beat Kovalev multiple times in the amateurs, and apparently that's why Kovalev turned pro. To kind of get away from Betterbeev. And we all know that he knocked out Fosdick in the second round of their amateur bout. Knocked him out last night in the 10th. beef is a terrifying animal. Last night's fight was epic. I thought it was 50-50. I had a hard time making my pick. I finally kind of last minute in the last couple days started edging towards Betterbeev. And I'm glad I did. Won me some good money. Got the, got the late knockout. I actually had Vosdick winning several of the opening rounds, but you could just see what was unfolding. Better Beav was losing the rounds, but what he landed was thick and heavy. You could see it taking the toll. And after the fifth round, I had people text me, and I texted someone. I was like, you can just tell Vosdick's breathing uncomfortable. He He doesn't like this. And he got hit with a body shot like in the sixth round, and then later on in the ninth, I think. Both of those body shots look like they took his soul away. Like, Better Beave is a monster, and the thing that I'm impressed with, and it's kind of what Landon touched on, he didn't punch himself out. He's a wild man, but he's very controlled with it. He doesn't just go insane. He's very calm. He hits you with big, big shots, but he's not throwing a million shots. His stamina stayed amazing. He never was breathing hard. He's a handful. Like, I think he takes out everyone that di- everyone in that division maybe gives is even, uh, I don't know man better beef might be able to break him down like he's scary he's a robot terminator he was eating Vostik shots eating them they weren't bothering him at all and everything he landed was putting in work on Vostik and after a while I mean it was just too much it started to become obvious after round 8 what was really going to happen and then the 10th round we saw it Three knockdowns, finally the ref stopped it. He's an absolute animal. And I, I don't know how you could say Canelo beats Betterbeef Landon because if he was walking through Vosdik shots and Canelo ain't really hurting anybody at 160, I think he going to giggle and laugh at everything he gets hit with by Canelo. I don't see anybody hurting beef He's got a still jaw. He's scary. He's a scary, scary man. He, is, he does remind me, like Felix said, he's like the new Triple G when Triple G a decade ago. I won't be shocked if people don't want to line up to fight this man. But if they want to unify the belts, they have to. So, I'm excited to see the future for better beef. And I guess we'll roll into next week. After we give our predictions on the pro Gray Taylor fight, I'll go down all three cards. There's three events next week. I'll give all the fights. But really, we know the main one. We know the one we've been excited for for months. And I mean months, because this WBSS thing took a while to finalize. We've known for about six months. Uh, who are we kidding we knew when this tournament started and we saw pro gray on one side taylor on the other we all knew who the finals matchup was going to be we were all right pro gray taylor and here we go one week from today i am super excited we're, we're actually pretty blessed to have gotten vosdick better and then pro gray taylor back-to-back weeks fellas <laughs> What are y'all's breakdowns on this fight and what are your final predictions? Because we're going on air right now and we gotta live with it. What is your prediction?
0: Oh boy. Um Oh, and don't forget the week after that is uh Canelo Kovalov, right?
3: Yeah. It, Which, yeah that's two weeks next and, week so. next week we'll break down what we saw with Progray Taylor and then it'll yeah. be pure Canelo Kovalev week. Oh, man.
0: This is damn, we got a lot of stuff. Ooh, this is good. The, the week after that's
3: short... Ortiz Wilder.
0: damn okay okay but nah i'm gonna go ahead and just jump into it i'm gonna just jump into it right away i see pro grace uh stopping taylor in the i'm gonna say the ninth round yeah i'm gonna say the ninth round that says a lot man because taylor's pretty slick and he's he's pretty tough man he showed me a little bit of toughness last fight he showed he showed uh who was it that he fought last night yeah yeah he showed he can fight in a little rough fight, so that I, that makes me think, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go pro gray ninth round. Uh, I feel like he's on a he's a man on a mission. I don't see him being at one forty much longer. I think he's gonna win this belt. I may be defended a couple times and then it's gonna move on up. Kinda has to, especially with top rank not having uh they're having a lack of one forty
1: seven, man. They gotta probably make some some opponents for Bud. So yeah, man, this is the fight that uh even before these two reached the finals, this is the fight everybody wanted to see. It's a big USA versus UK, and I'm not being biased, but I'm thinking Progre is going to win. I don't know if it's either decision or or, or KO, but I feel like Progre will win. I'm just not really high on uh, the UK fighters, the British fighters. The level of competition I, I feel like they fight there is, is you know it's not up to par with the rest of the world, so. He uh, at, at times, Taylor did look he looked really good during the tournament, and he showed a lot of toughness, like Felix said. That's why I'm not sure if ProGray stops on, but I, I do feel like ProGray will win the fight. I'm going Regis ProGray,
2: round five, knockout. Oh, man. I, don't think, I don't think Josh has seen anything that's going to come through like this. I mean, people are going to say that Baranchik is going to bring a lot of the same heat that ProGray did, but ProGray is a whole different kind of animal. This dude survived Hurricane Katrina, displacement, he's hungry. This motherfucker wants it all, and he's going to come for it. And I really think he's going to embarrass Josh Taylor. And I and Josh Taylor's a good fighter. He's a great fighter. He's about to get in there with the dog of dogs in this division, and it's not going to be pretty.
3: And I pretty much agree with all the fellas. I agree with what uh, Jakeem said, actually.
2: Some of my favorite
3: fighters of all time, Lennox Lewis, Joe Calzaghe, they've been British. So it's not a knock on British fighters. Some of them become great. But I think a lot of them, and Josh Warrington is one of them, I'm not sold. I think they do well over there, and they've got their style that works. But when they fight an American, sometimes these Americans make these some gritty, nasty wars. And when you get into a dogfight like that, I feel like sometimes it starts to go bad for them. And I do not think Josh Taylor has fought anyone like Regis Progray. Uh, Brancic is a very good fighter. He's not a great fighter. He's very wild, kind of cavemanish, A lot of power, but pretty wild with it. And even Taylor dropped him twice. Couldn't finish him off. It went 12. He was getting hit with some shots. That kind of told me a lot. Like, Taylor's very tough. But I feel like you stick Regis Progray against Brancic... When he knocks him down twice in the, that same round, I, think, I believe it was twice in the same round, that fight is, that fight ends. Pro Gray finishes that fight. And that, to me, is the difference. I think Regis is slick, got defense. He's different every fight. Sometimes you see him walking forward. Sometimes you see him being real slick. He can box. He can get rough and knock you out. He's got power in both hands. I think it's going to be a rough night for Josh. I see the first couple of rounds being kind of close. This is what I've said for months. I see the first several rounds being pretty close, but around four or five, I think Progray will start to take over, and the reason I made the noise when Felix predicted KO nine, because that's along the lines of my... It seems like me and Felix always kind of pick similar KO rounds in fights. I don't know how that happens. I was kind of thinking 10, 10 or 11. I think maybe even in the championship rounds, it'll just be too much. I think he will stop Josh Taylor. The very, very least a unanimous decision. I mean... I'm pretty convinced. I'm pretty sold. I've already got money on it. I think Rougarou is going to be Rougarou. Josh Taylor will have his moments more so early. I think Regis Progray wins this fight hands down. But hey, if it turns, turns into a war and Josh Taylor proves me wrong, I'd love to be proven wrong. So I'm beyond excited. This is the one I've been looking forward to for months. Shoutouts to my boy Michael Tremarco over in England. I'm about to take yo money. And now I will go down all the fights next Saturday. We'll start with this card. The DAZN card, like we just said. Regis Progray, Josh Taylor. Some great undercards. Got Derek Chisora facing David Price. Joseph Parker had to pull out due to an illness, I believe it was. David Price has been on a good run lately. It's a pretty exciting fight. You got Ricky Burns taking on Lee Selby. That should be actually a pretty good war. On ESPN+, Plus, you got Shakir Stevenson. Taking on Joette Gonzalez for the vacant WBO featherweight title, and on Showtime, got Erickson Lubin taking on Nathaniel Gallimore, and this has some pretty good undercards. I'm honestly more excited for the undercards than I am the Lubin fight. You got Robert Easter Jr. taking on Adrian Granados. I like that fight, and the heavyweight monster F.A. Ajagbe taking on Jack. I believe it's pronounced Mulo-Y-E. So next Saturday is action-packed, but I think the pretty obvious crown jewel is Pro Gray Taylor. Don't mess up. The Pro Gray Taylor fight is in another country. So that card's starting early. So don't think it's going to be a nighttime event. ESPN Plus and Showtime are at night. Pro Gray Taylor main event is probably going to be about 5 p.m. Central Time America, 3 if you're in Cali, 6 if you're in New York. So don't slip up and think it's going to be a nighttime thing and miss that war, because that's going to be mid-afternoon, early, early evening type of fight. So fellas, this was a very, very good episode. We touched on a ton of stuff in less than an hour. I'm impressed with this. Any final thoughts, shout-outs, goodbyes, just anything any of y'all got to get out? I'll go around the horn. We'll start with Felix.
0: Yeah, just, you know, stay tuned. We're going to have, you know, we're going to be dropping podcasts pretty frequently these last few months, because... Like, we always go with what boxing's going. I mean, we, it goes through waves. You go through the dead zones and stuff like that. But we got a lot of content coming. What the fights that we all just named are just, like, in the next two or three weeks. So, you still got all of November. You still got December where the AJ and Tank and, and Ruiz are all fighting. So, uh, man, it's going to be – I'm excited. You got this in football season. Man, sports is – basketball season. Oh, man, sports is at an all-time high right now. Yeah, I mean, the,
1: uh, I posted it the other day, like the, the next quarter, or the last quarter of this year is going to be absolute fire. There's a lot of fights coming up. So that means that we're going to be pushing out a lot of content. And, you know, we appreciate y'all for always supporting us and just continue to support us.
2: Yeah, a ton of great fights are in the future for us. I mean, we're going to be all over these things. The Riders, Igor, Kevin, George currently on hiatus. But, uh, I mean, we're going to be coming with the heat, all fall and into the winter, onto the new year, and they're sprinkling great fights in the mix for us every day. As many of you saw, we just got uh, Tank versus Gamboa. So, I mean, they keep bringing it, and the schedule keeps getting better, and Sweet Science Class is going to be there to cover all of it.
3: Shoutouts to our writing team, shout outs to our media team, shoutouts to our marketing team. Please like and follow the Sweet Science Class Facebook page. Remember, we have a Twitter. We have an Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. All of our podcasts go there. That's where a lot of good videos will go. Plus, you can find our podcast on any outlet. So choose your favorite one. We're all over. Spotify, Apple. I mean, I can't even think of them all. We're on like nine of them. So follow us, please. We appreciate everyone who supports the Sweet Science Class. We love you all. The Sweet Science Class is out.